Today on the Diz List, we answer your questions about Walt Disney World. Welcome to the Diz List, the podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I'm Nick. And I'm Rob, and welcome to episode 47, where we're going to answer your questions about Walt Disney World. Hey, before we get to the list, if you've been enjoying the podcast, uh, please take the time to rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Also, you can share us with your friends, as Rob likes to say, uh, share us with your friends and your enemies. Why not? Uh, Sure. I mean, they could probably need a little smile, too. It'll cheer them up. Um, And... Uh, we've also, this is our first show recording since we've done this, but we actually just launched our Patreon page. Yes. Um, so you can find that by going to any of the links in our bios over on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'm really excited about it because <laughs> I honestly, when we launched it, I was like, oh, don't worry. We're not going to have any anybody sign on before we end up <laughs> recording next. Uh, I don't know. And like five minutes later, I get an update and it's like, hey, you have a patron. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> guess oh we did it yeah. it worked <laughs> well i didn't we didn't have much we didn't have like bonus content yet so we are going to have bonus content coming in fact when this show re- is released we will already have released uh bonus content um to our patrons but our patrons will be hearing this before the content's released if that makes sense yeah so um do, do we want to talk about that now or do you want sure, to talk about yeah, that another yeah. time? Like so, what, if you sign up for this, you know. So you get early access to, to new episodes. So Tuesday instead of Wednesday. At the very latest Tuesday. Correct. I la- Last week, I released it on Monday. Whoa. Yeah, because we had it. Weird. Yeah, so I released it on Monday instead of Tuesday. But I've, you know, what it says is 24 hours uh, act, early access to new shows. They are ad-free, so you won't have to listen to me talk about, um, you know, whatever I'm talking about in the halftime show. Um, additionally, if you sign up for the Jungle Skipper level, uh, you get bonus content, like mini episodes, where we'll be discussing things like, you know, deeper discussions of what we're doing for our lists, as well as possibly separate lists, um, lists that might not be about Disney. So, you know, top five condiments. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, I think... If you're a regular listener, I don't think you need to listen to that episode. No, you know, you know no. what Nick's number one is. Yes, mustard. So if we, you know, if we can uh, possibly have you go check that out, that'd be great. We also have some like um, patron only wallpapers that we've posted. We're going to be posting some more of those. Um, we might do some, you know, patron only um, like IG live stuff, um, but extra content. So that's that's kind of cool. And cool. I, I, we've. Thank you so much to the people who've already joined along. It's been a lot of fun, and it's nice to see uh, people enjoying the show that much. Definitely. Um, so, actually, I do want to quickly discuss, because I think it's important that at least we talk about it in the public, too. We're going to be talking in our first mini about our thoughts about the Star Cruiser. Oh, yeah. Because, Wow. <laughs> this sentence came out of my mouth yesterday to my wife. I go, all right, I'm going to be talking about this on the podcast, but I just got to say this. And I went on to my little tirade, which all of you will hear at some point. Yeah. Well, all I can say is shocker. Okay. I Nothing about what I read shocked me. Um, all I will say is this. As a enormous Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. okay, my, my high school yearbook quote was, use the force. 
<laughs> it would be. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, right? Mm-hmm. When that first came out, and I told you this, I was like, yeah, I don't really have any interest. Yeah, A I Star Wars-themed hotel, I was like, I saw kind of what it was. I go, eh, eh. Like, that's... I'm a huge. I watch every Star Wars except for uh, the the animated stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that it not it's not just overpriced. There's some other issues. Yeah, but we'll we're going to have a whole deep discussion about that on a mini episode. So again, if you want to if you want to hear us go in depth and in detail about our thoughts about the Star Cruiser and why it's in. The position it's in and what we think they could have done to possibly save that. Um, you'll have to sign up at patreon.com and go and search up the Diz List podcast and uh, join us there. Um, the Q&A session that we're about to do mm-hmm. is something that we have been asked multiple times by some of our followers on Instagram. Um, I'm specifically saying Instagram not because we don't have followers over on Twitter or Facebook or TikTok, but like we consistently get more interaction over on Instagram. Yeah, and the nice thing about using Instagram is that it's interactive. You can put something where people can actually type things in. Right, the question stickers, yeah. I think they may have that on Facebook just because they're part of the same company now. Yeah. But it's... I, I got all of our stuff, everything that I received for questions. Mm-hmm. Now, I post on every one of our platforms. Everything came from IG. So if you hear me say, you know, an at, it's their Instagram one. Um, nobody said I couldn't use their name, so buckle up. I'm going to use your name. Uh, and then, <laughs> well, I think that's but, a good thing. But like, here's the great thing about the interactivity with our fans and with our listeners. Oh, that seems so weird calling them fans, but whatever. With our listeners, um, we had one guy at Tom White IV. I'm going to think it's Tom White the Fourth, but anyway, uh, he actually asked a question in the Q and A of like, what are your top five Disney resorts for adults without children? And I was like, hold up. Yeah, we are not answering that because that's a whole episode. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, Tom, thank you very much. We are going to be recording that episode. I'm not, I've got it on our list, but it's going to be a little bit pushed back. Um, well, it's not pushed back, but it's literally I added it as that question came in. So it's sometime in June we'll record that. Yeah, that'd be fun. But, but that's that's a great question, Yeah. but it's a great list because he literally said, what are your top five? And I was like, well, sorry, sir. We're not answering that in that episode. We're going to steal your idea and do it all whole episode. Um, so thank you, Tom, for writing us. Um, and then we only got one, actually, what I consider to be personal question. And I kind of wanted to uh, to answer that because I think it's kind of cool to interact with our listeners in a way where we're this is who we are. Yep. And the question was, how long have you been teachers? So how long <laughs> have you been a teacher? Uh, I'll start. Uh, for... So I, I went to college for uh, art for a four-year degree for illustration, and um, I kind of always wanted to be work for Disney, either in animation or some type of uh, form. Um, you know, obviously my whole life I've, I've wanted to work for Disney, and I've been able to draw. And then um, my senior year, uh, one of my professors says, hey, I'm, I'm going overseas to Poland, and I would like you to teach my class. So I was like, hmm, never thought about that before. So I took on that gig and taught and had some success there. And I thought, eh, I, I think I can do this. So then went back to school and uh, started teaching. And I've been teaching for 20 years. That's the first time I've heard the story about the teacher going overseas. Yep. I never heard that story. It, it was nice. I mean, honestly, she kind of changed my life. You know, she um, it was kind of interesting because she was my professor the year before. 
And I mean, you know me pretty well. She she says, you know, you're already running the class. You might as well just teach it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. You know, in art school, you do critiques where you put your work up on the wall and, you know, I'll kind of jump in, not, not be bossy, but just try to be the leader and say, okay, next up, we're going to do this person. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this piece? And then it just turned out that it yeah. naturally turned into. Yeah. You're like the MC. I'm, yeah. I'm the MC. I'm the kind of the, the ringmaster. Yeah. Um, but you know, you try to balance that. You don't want to be bossy. You want to be inclusive, I guess. So anyway, yeah. your turn. Yeah. So I actually, so I'm a math teacher and I grew up hating numbers. <laughs> I hated math. Uh, all the way through high school, I was like, why would I do this? A calculator can do it for me. I was really good at it. Don't get me wrong. I was, you know, I could have went to school for engineering uh, up the road from where I grew up uh, and chose instead to go to school to be a journalist. And I was going to be a print journalist. Um, and I went to a school um, in Ithaca, New York to be a journalist. And then I was like, huh, I don't like being told what to write and when to write it. <laughs> what do I want to do? Um <laughs> So, you know, I honestly, I had a math teacher in high school who was um, influential in my life as far as making me realize that it wasn't just about calculators and there's real world applications to this stuff. Um, And so I wanted to have the same impact. And so I too have been teaching for the last 20 years and Rob and I have actually been teaching together for 15. 15, yeah. Yeah. Because you were at a different school and I've only been at the same school for- Yeah, so- uh, Same school you've been at. How many different? Three? I've been at three different schools, correct, yeah. Yeah, so I I taught way upstate New York for a little yeah. while, um, moved down here because this is where my wife is from, um, and took the first job I could get when I came down here and was hoping to get in where, where, where I'm at now, and 15 years later teaching alongside the guy sitting next to me, um, it's been quite a ride. Uh, now, you know, when we first when we first started <laughs> yeah. teaching together, it was like, okay, well, we've got our whole careers ahead of us, and now we're <laughs> like, how many days left in our career? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, so, I'm not arguing. Yeah, so 20, 20 years we've both been teaching, which, I, which you know, it's kind of a another thing we have in common. Yeah. So we're going to head off to the, to the halftime show here, um, and we'll be right back answering your questions about Walt Disney World. This episode, we'd like to give a special shout-out to our very first patron, Stacy. Uh, she's at exploring.kingdoms over on Instagram. Thank you so much, Stacy, for supporting us. And if you guys are looking to plan your vacation, she's a Disney vacation planner. Nice. At exploring.kingdoms over on Instagram. All right. Thanks a lot, Stacy. Welcome back. Today we're going to answer your questions that you submitted to us over on social media, uh, mostly on Instagram. We did get at least one question was actually submitted in person. Really? Yeah, the one that you gave me yesterday. Oh, yeah. Well, she texted me, but then I saw Well, that's kind of like in person. Well, she was was here last night for um, the girls were getting ready for the school dance. Yeah. So she came over. She's the uh, mother of a... One of my daughter's friends. Yeah. So if we can't answer that, I put that one last that way. If we can't answer the question, yeah, I can answer it in person. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, you can. But um, so let's get right to it here. Um, the very first question I want to tackle is something that we get asked a lot, yep. and that is, "What is your favorite park for you and your fam, and why?" And that is uh, submitted to us by at 
kcarlisle12 over on Instagram, but it's submitted mm-hmm. to us a lot more than just once. But I did want to give her a shout out. So at kcarlisle12, my family's favorite park is Epcot. Mine, that's a complicated answer for me. Do you want to elaborate any more on that one? I, I wasn't your, sure. Your whole family, it's all four? I would say if I ask my family what park we will, they want to go do the most, they're going to say Epcot. That said, okay. that said, I think they would never be okay with me. They'd be okay with not, if we went for one day, it would be Magic Kingdom. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. But my favorite park is Epcot. My my son's favorite park is Epcot. My wife's favorite park is Epcot. My daughter is like the most finicky person in the world <laughs> at making decisions sometimes, so I could see it uh, vacillating back and forth. Um, the reason it's Epcot is because I feel like it's always different depending on what time of year you go. Yeah. Because of all of the festivals. Yep. It's and ever changing. And even though it's going through the construction that it's going through, which we've talked about on here. Yeah. Um, I, that's not why I go to Epcot. I go to Epcot for a world showcase. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think the fireworks, uh, at around world showcase are great because there's so many different viewing places and I'm not a big crowd person. I know that's weird that I like Disney and not crowds, but I don't like being packed in like on main street when you get packed in for those fireworks yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's kind of cool just to relax and be able to stand pretty much anywhere in the park. Um, the I think the diversity of the park is probably the most diverse park. That's another reason why. Um, I I know that for me and for most of my family on most days, uh, Epcot would be our number one pick. You? So it's different answers for different people in my family. My wife's favorite park is Epcot, like yours. Yep. Um, sometimes I think, I think right now my son's favorite park is Hollywood studios, which is my least favorite park Mine too. of the four. Yep. My daughter and I both agree that magic kingdom is our favorite. Now for me personally, magic kingdom is my favorite by a large margin. Yeah. So it, again, grew up going there. It's, it's so, so, so incredibly special to me. That's my number one. My number two is Epcot. My number three is Animal Kingdom, which I really like too. And I don't dislike Hollywood Studios. Yeah, we have our we we have same orders except for the top two flipped. Okay, and there's parts of Hollywood Studios I really like a lot, Mm -hmm. but I don't like the rest of it enough to bring it up past Animal Kingdom, which doesn't have as much to do. I just love the vibe at Animal Kingdom. You know, you feel like you're in a jungle, and I, I don't know. I love it. Um, and then if you're going out on the West Coast, um, believe it or not, I think I like California Adventure a little bit better than Disneyland, which, which sounds weird. sounds ironic because my favorite park is Magic Kingdom. But I think that's why. I think since Magic Kingdom is my favorite, Disneyland just seems like this alternate, different version of it. Yeah. And California Adventure is like the cool version of Hollywood Studios. DCA is what Hollywood Studios should be. Yes. So And could be. Yeah, I mean, they could revamp that and they put got in the land. They could do the that whole Pixar Pier area. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, there's nothing like it. I thought it was going to be cheesy, and it was it was a huge highlight for me. Yeah. So there's my answer for both coasts. Cool. Um, that also, I already kind of mentioned it. Uh, favorite nighttime show, current or past? This was uh, sent to us by patron Stacy over at Exploring Kingdoms. Um, my favorite nighttime show, current or past? is past now but only by a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's harmonious wow 
I loved that it was great show. I'm glad I was standing next to you for that show. We both loved it. We kept looking at each other going, what is wrong with the internet? This is so good. Yeah, I I loved, loved, loved that show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I was going to. And yeah, maybe that's great. why it beat maybe that's why it ranks so highly. Yeah. Um, I get the love for Happily Ever After. Yeah, I get it's a good show, of course. I get all of that. But my goodness, Harmonious was now. I don't think it was good enough to justify those god-awful barges being there all day. Man. I wish they had found a way to, to make kind them, of bring them in and out. Yeah. But, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's my number one all-time uh, nighttime spectacular. Yeah. Glad we got to see it. Yeah. How about you? Can you predict mine? I think yours is going to be Happily Ever After. No. You really? Have a, you have a shirt of this. Oh, Yes. I forgot. I wasn't. I was thinking fireworks show. Yeah, my favorite. So I have not seen it. Well, it's a nighttime show. It really yes, is. Yes. It's a parade. No, but you're you're 100 right. It's if, a Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah, it is so cool. That's awesome. It's the movement. Honestly, it's well, it's the music too. The music just, you know, it's it's another one of those earworm songs. Yeah, it's old school, right? It I mean, it's like love it. It's like there's a reason that that the Nintendo Switch you can go on and still download like the 8-bit Mario, right? Because it's nostalgia, and, and that's great. That whole parade is nostalgia, and even like I mean, it has Pete's Dragon in it, and there's like these little, uh, it's like the snails are going around, and yeah, it's I don't know, like the lights and the movement, they just I don't know, it's a fantastic show, my favorite nighttime show from the past, which may be coming back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it is is uh, the Main Street Electrical Parade. I love it. Yeah, it's timeless. Um, another one from Stacy that I think ties in here because she said um, current or past oh, is yeah. Yeah. what ride do you wish yeah. would come back? And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not answering this question because I don't have that childhood experience. I yeah. know what your answer is. No, I, you, it would be that answer, but it's actually not that answer. Okay. So I think the obvious choice for this is going to be Mr. Toad. Right. And bring back Mr. Toad and put it in that spot for Winnie the Pooh. Okay. That's what I thought. But I I like to think kind of of everything and what has changed and what has been oh. replaced. And there's one that's more valuable for me to come back to replace the garbage that's there now. I can handle Winnie the Pooh. You know, I, I don't hate it. Like Winnie the Pooh is, oh, this is a fun ride. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> now I know what you're going to say. Yeah. So I I have I have a look at my notes here because I, I, I kind of, okay. So in Epcot, if you walk in and on the left-hand side, there are all these really amazing rides that they had that are very similar to Spaceship Earth. They're kind of like, the, it's almost like a slow museum ride. And I would bring back Horizons. And the reason I want to bring back Horizons is not what I thought you were going to say. Because it it's it takes the because it took over. Mission Space is there. Mission Space I could do without. I I, I did it once. It's I have no interest in it at all. I would love to bring back something that I could ride and do every single time, and I don't have to worry about throwing up in a bucket after I go on this stupid ride. Or having claustrophobia because even the one that doesn't spin is like they lock my head in there and I feel like I'm in a tomb. It's like I don't like it. Anyway, um, I said like way too many times there. So I think Horizon should come back. I mean, what it is, what Horizons is, it's a slow ride through similar to Spaceship Earth. But they're kind of talking about the future. It starts off like what did Jules Verne want for the future? And here's what that vision looked like. And here's what the future looked like in the 1950s. So bring those two things back and now create these different versions of what the future could be. And it's just, again, like Spaceship Earth, a slow ride through with a cool narration. I think it was like 
think they had a male and female like talking back and forth and discussing different points as you rode through the ride. So if you are not familiar with it, watch a YouTube ride through of it. It's not mega exciting, but I don't always need excitement all the time. Sometimes I want a good air conditioned, slow moving ride. Mm -hmm. So maybe a hot take. Yes, I love Mr. Toad. It's one of my favorite rides. I'd love to bring that back, but I would love to replace something that I think is bad. So when you first said Epcot, yeah, and then you said turn left, I was like, wait a second, am I turned around? World Rob, of Motion. I thought you were going to say they need to bring back the original Figment, but mm. um, well, some Figment's better than no Figment. True. No, I, I agree with you. So I, I'm not like I said, I'm not answering that question because I have not been a Disney person long enough. However, if I were to say, when you go on a Tiana, you'd have that answer. Yeah, well, yeah, but that. I don't necessarily want Splashback. Yeah, true. I don't dislike Splash, but well, I, it would be, I'm excited for I what I agree doing. with you, and I'm not saying that you would want to have Splashback. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just saying that would be the only one the that's, only gone, one that's gone, away. gone away that you've seen. Yeah. Or, geez, there's a bunch. I don't want to get into all that. We've yeah. got a lot of good questions to answer today. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's my two cents on that. So, speaking of things that are no longer there, our friend uh, Jessica uh, commented, over on Instagram. She's also a patron, by the way. Um, Hi, Jessica. She asked, do you check the refurb list before a trip? <laughs> yeah, I got a story for that. Um, I, my family does not usually like specifically seek out the refurb list. The big hitters usually make the news, like the the social media news anyway. Yeah. But I don't usually check the refurb list. I, It's, Honestly, because we're DVC members and we know we're going back, would we be disappointed if our favorite ride was was closed down? Yep, but we know we're going back, so I'm not super concerned. That's a perfect transition into exactly what I was going to say. When we went out west to Disneyland, we got some good news, bad news. So the oh, yeah. Matterhorn was down, and I wanted to do the Matterhorn because oh. they were refurbishing it, and it's a ride that you can't do in Disney World. So luckily... That ride went back online, and Big Thunder Mountain went offline. So it was kind of a trade-off. We got to do a ride that you can't do in Disney World, and we got to do the Matterhorn, which was, you know, bumpy and clunky but fun. I was just glad that we got to do one. I, I really wanted to do Big Thunder, and it's my daughter's favorite. Mm -hmm. and, but um, we just, you know, we roll with the punches, I guess. So, um, But, yeah, we do look at that refurbish and... Sometimes it's sad to see that, but maybe it's almost better that you know in advance. So if it's one of your kids' favorite rides is down, you can prep them before you get there instead of walking up and having, you know, bursting yeah. into tears as as you walk up to Thunder Mountain and it's down, you know? Yeah, you know, I the the refurb list isn't something, like I said, isn't something that I usually am glued to to make sure that I, you know, know that it's closed or not. I think for me mostly, though, uh, I just know that I follow enough on social media that like, if it's a big deal, I'm going to know about it. Yeah. Um, so the next question we got is from Colin page over on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and this one's actually a very, very good question. I think we have a, we have the same amount. answer cause we've done this yes. together. And so it says individual lightning lane or genie plus, And what is your strategy? Can we do the quickest 
definition before we move on for any new listeners. Absolutely, because so we forget to do that all the time. Right, and I, I need to be better about that, too. And please let us know if we're talking about something like my, my buddy Brian asked me the other day, what's the TTC? And obviously we we can't be using those. We have to explain it's the Transportation and Ticket Center. Or is it the Ticket and Transportation Center? I don't know. The Transport Ticket Center? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, I always... I always I always question myself which which direction it is. It's the place where you get transported and you can buy tickets. Yes. And it's a center, the TTC. <laughs> so the individual lightning lane is when you go into the app and you purchase, you get, you're guaranteed to go on the ride. Correct. So well, as long as it's up. Let's use an example. So you can buy an individual lightning lane for... Rise. Sure. Rise of Resistance. You, you purchase it. This is what we did. We purchased that. So we knew we were guaranteed to go on it for yep. the most part. I mean... Or it could go down, and then you're—I don't know what happens. Yeah, rise is one that I, that you're more you're more likely if you're going to have one that you can't ride, even though you purchase individual lightning lane. That's going to be the one. Um, I mean, they—I don't know how that works if they refund you or if they give you like a yeah, I was a, wondering a, that an experience. Too. Um, the the you know like but Guardians is another one where you can buy an individual yeah. lightning lane. Um, so Len Testa said on a recent podcast. Um, Guy, th- this guy knows a lot about this. He said that Rise of the Resistance is down for an average of two hours a day. Yep. That's yep. pretty crazy. Yeah. So we purchased, back to our answer here, we purchased an individual lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance, knowing that we got that because it's you know it's one of our top favorite rides. Mm-hmm. Got that ride. So then we also purchased Genie Plus. So do you want to explain? This is sure. kind of your idea, so I'll sure. give you credit. So, so first of all, let me discuss, because Disney has not done us any favors. You have Genie. That's everybody has that. Right. That you basically have, gives you suggestions for your yeah. day. You have Genie Plus. That's what you pay. It's a variable price, depending. I think yesterday I checked, and it was like $18 yesterday. Which um, is similar to the old Fast Pass system. Right. And that one, you can start making lightning lane selections um at seven in the morning i think it is yeah um then there is individual lightning lane which is the individual ride you're paying money just for that one right so we purchased like rob said both both on a given day and well for hollywood studios it works really well there right so so the answer to the question is Depends on depends the on the part. Yeah, and and the question was, what's your strategy? So I will give you the strategy that Rob was just talking about. Our strategy on that day was, let's knock out um, Rise, and then I immediately, as he was getting our individual Lightning Lane boarding groups for Rise, right? I we was, were in our individual uh, neighboring apps. hotel rooms. Yep, and like I get a text from Nick. He's like, "You ready?" I'm like, "Yep, ready to go." So it clicked seven o'clock. I pressed the button to get the individual lightning lane and Nick pressed the button for Genie Plus. Is that it? Do we yeah. do it that way? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't remember if it was that way. So we flipped it. So Rob was able to get our boarding groups for individual lightning or for uh, Rise. Meanwhile, I was able to secure a lightning lane um, through Genie Plus, an early lightning lane for Slinky Dog. Yep. That worked out great. So as a result, we now had the two what I would consider to be the big hitters on that side of the park yeah, out of the way. Yep. That meant that as a result, when we rope dropped, we didn't need to worry about rise. We didn't need to worry about slinky dog. So we rope dropped that day. Um, Midway mania, I Did believe. We? Yeah. It wasn't Mickey and Minnie. We went right to Midway mania. Midway mania. Yeah. And then we went from Midway mania to alien swirling saucers. Yep. 
And then we went over because it was an early, uh, we were supposed to be able to go, we were supposed to go from there. We were going to do our, our slinky dog, but the, the line over at, um, cause the, we were in early entry still. Yeah. So we then went because of the weight at the time we went over and did millennium Falcon. Yep. And smugglers then, run. And then we went off and we did breakfast separate. We went to not docking Bay seven Ronto roasters. We got breakfast at Ronto roasters and you went to uh toy box or the Woody's lunchbox. Yes. Right. From there, we did our um, Slinky Dog Dash. Yep. Tried to do Rise. Rise yep. was down. Yeah. So we said, okay, no big deal. We already tapped in at that point. I think when we tapped in for our um, Slinky Dog, we then played the slots. Thank you, Ear Scouts, Rob and Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, we then took and went and did, um, I think we scored Minnie and Mickey's at that yes, point. Yes, we did. Um, and we were able to go and do that. By the time we were done with that, I think Rise had opened back up. Yeah. We did Rise. Short story, turning long. <laughs> we were done with everything in that park by one o'clock. Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> so, I mean, well, all the rides, not the shows. Yeah. Um, although we did, I think the, the girls went off and did did a show, I believe. They did Frozen. I okay. can't remember what we did. I, I don't recall, but. Oh, no, I do. We did um, Rock and Roller Coaster, and yeah. that was. The four people in my family, yep, plus you and your son, and then your wife and your daughter went and did Frozen. I think is that right? I I can't remember it necessarily, but I can tell you that that if I'm going to Hollywood Studios, I'm buying both. Yeah. Now I know we're getting in the to, weeds. To fully answer the question, I think Epcot is a. I don't think you need to buy an individual Lightning Lane. For Guardians, unless it's a super packed day. So I would go with if I'm gonna buy anything as Genie Plus, and I don't know that I buy Genie Plus at Epcot. I wouldn't. Um because the lines are not really long. You don't no. have to wait long for if you play your maybe if it was a busy day. Yeah, if you play your rope drop strategy well there, I don't think you need to worry about it. No. I think Animal Kingdom is another one that it depends on the crowd calendar and depends on your travel party. Yeah. So it depends on how important like flight of passage is for you, um, but Magic Kingdom Genie Plus is the most worth it. Yes, uh, because Definitely. there's so many rides that they still have availability late into the day. I think with both Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, um, if you if you're not careful, you could get caught having no selections left. Yep, because there's so few rides. But at Magic Kingdom, that's never going to happen. And a strategy I saw that I'm going to try this summer is. Um, you go use early entry over at Animal Kingdom. You do your thing. You've got Genie Plus. Um, rope drop flight of passage. And maybe you pick up a Genie Plus here or there over there. But then mid-morning you decide, okay, we're going to be park hopping. So now, uh, I'm, now I'm stacking over at Magic Kingdom. Cool. Because those idea. are those are available late. So, That's great. So I'm sorry that was really roundabout in the weeds kind of answer to that question. But, no. but it really does depend on the park. I think we did in the West coast. We did genie plus both days. We purchased it both days and we bought an individual lightning lane for uh radiator Springs racers. So the, since I like to answer for our West coast people too, cause um, I know we have a couple people who do that. I, we did genie plus for Disneyland worked out great. And I did both for uh, California adventure. 
So there's the answer for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that answers everybody's questions. And we're always happy to to do that. And I, again, shout out to our friends at Ear Scouts who do a fantastic job. If you have any questions on how Genie Plus works or anything related to that, go on to YouTube or you can find them on social media. But uh, Rob and Eric do an awesome job explaining how it works. I mean, uh, we <laughs> most of what we learn, we learn from them. They do such a good job. So yeah. thanks to those guys. Yeah, I do want to um, – I'm going to skip ahead in our questions because we just talked about your scouts. Eric actually sent me a message yesterday on Instagram. Cool. And said that Rob had told him to ask a question. Sure did. Was he talking about you? No, me. Yeah, okay. I was you talking was, to him. Okay, you were talking to him. Um, okay, I wasn't sure which Rob no, he was saying. this Rob. Okay. Me. So yeah. so he asked what our favorite hidden Mickey is. Oh, boy. So that's a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough so one. So I'm going to put that in out in the ether now. Sure. We can think about it while we're answering the other questions because yeah, yeah. that's a hard one. Yeah. And I could see us taking a little while. Okay? Because I forgot to add that to our list that we prepped. Sure. So I just want to put that out there. Eric, we're going to answer your question before the end of the show. Sounds good. All right. So I like that. Yeah. Keep keep me on my toes. Yeah. So the next question is, what experience have you never done that is now a must do on the next trip? Oh, boy. I made a list. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. Well, there's not a lot of things that I have not done. So I'll since you have a list, I'm just going to tell you mine because it's 100%. So my wife is the one who submitted this question, and this is her way of making me lock in. That we're doing this, uh, I th- that's what I think. I think she's being sly. Is it a ride that's a four-letter word? So there's there are um, a ride that's a four-letter word. Tron. Oh no, uh, I mean that's it is a must-do, but it's not like. Oh, eh, I guess yeah. light cycle run is not a four-letter word. Yeah. So uh, it's the animation experience for sure. One hundred percent, we're doing that. Oh, it's, it's now, cool. I will say that You're we're also it. going to be doing one hundred percent living living with the land behind the seeds oh, tour behind the seeds. Yep. So That's we'll be cool. doing that. And we've been talking a little bit. I'm not locking in on this one yet, but it would be good for some content, I said, is potentially Caring for Giants, the tour over at Animal Kingdom where you go backstage with the elephants. Oh, cool. So that's a possibility. It's actually very well priced when you consider it. Um, living with the land, behind the seeds, and Caring for the Giants are both hour-long tours, hour-long experiences, and both only cost $35. I say wow. only, but that's not a lot. Wow, that's a, I did not expect that number. Yeah, so like it's... Oh, cool. So those are three things that I think are a must, possible must do for cool. our next trip. Uh, what I haven't experienced, uh, I, I guess I didn't realize how good that Beauty and the Beast thing is at Magic Kingdom that you told me about. Oh, so, yeah. you know, why not? I mean, my, our kids are really open to anything. They're not like, I don't want to do that. My kids are not like that. They're great. They'll do whatever we want to do. They would buy in big time, especially because yeah. your your kids both are, well, especially your son being involved with the drama club. Yeah. And well, I, my daughter used to be. She was in um, yeah. the Matilda play, but Tron is on that list. Uh, I think Moana will be open by the time that we, we get back there. Uh, Animal Kingdom, I haven't seen the new version of the Nemo show, so I'd like to check that off my list. Uh, Hollywood Studios, I've always, and I know you're not interested in this, but I think it looks so cool, is the sci-fi dine-in. He's shaking his head. Yeah, no way. (laughs) I think it's so cool. I like, I I love that vibe. I like the 1950s, like horror movies and the drive-in. Love it. If I wanted to be a host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. See, but I love that stuff, though. That's been on my list for a while, and we had reservation for that and that was during our trip we had to cancel at the at the beginning of of covid um i'm trying to think of what else oh phantasmic i haven't seen 
I haven't seen it at either park, so it's something yeah, I've that's, always wanted to check out. That so is that's, amazing. That, that's a must, too. So You won't be seeing it in Disneyland for some time. Yeah, so. I read today that um, they're going to stop doing it for a bit. Yep. So that's a – you know, those are all good things that you that you should definitely add to your next trip. Yep. This next one is a food question. We're transitioning over to food. Okay. And this next one is a, very, a question we're often asked, mm-hmm. and I think everybody who goes to Disney has asked this. Joffrey's or Starbucks? Um, I'll start. So we cannot get Joffrey's in Western New York. Correct. It's not around here. It's kind of like we have Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is a restaurant chain that started up in Canada. For sure, eh? And it, and it is a, it's written, or written, my Lord. Uh, it was started by a famous hockey player, Tim Horton, and it's kind of gone around the, the Northeast. I don't know how far south it goes but for example that's something that when people a lot of times come to western new york they want to have tim hortons because they can't get anywhere it's either duncan or timmy host yeah right but duncan is you know it's all over the country now and um, i love duncan donuts and so starbucks we have around so for me i like to i would choose joffrey's not necessarily because it's better or worse just because it's different and i'll be completely honest if i'm I need coffee. Whatever the closest is where I'm going to go to. So I would pick Joffrey's for that reason, but I'm not anti-Starbucks either. Yeah, my answer was both as well because I am a coffee person and I just want coffee in the morning. And honestly, like, especially if like this summer we're staying in a one-bedroom DVC, so we have a full kitchen. So I will make coffee in my room and probably take it with me. Yeah. Um, Starbucks is probably my favorite between the two. Starbucks at Disney is not because Starbucks at Disney is longer than any line you'll ever wait at normal Starbucks. And yeah. normal Starbucks are notoriously horribly long anyway, but the Disney ones are ridiculous. So personally, Joffrey's. And here's another part that I just thought of that I didn't even have in my notes. When I'm going to Disney, usually I'm getting iced coffee a lot of times. If yeah, it's I, midday, early in the morning, I'll do um, hot coffee, but I'll do iced coffee midday. And I actually prefer the Joffrey's because the Starbucks iced coffee is a little, and I I like sugar and flavoring in my coffee, but I, it's almost like their iced coffee is too sweet for me in the middle of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, drink I want my coffee. more caffeine. I my all my coffee, whether it's iced, which is very very rare that I get iced coffee, is black. So I don't know that. I'm I, it, I just do like, cream and sugar in my coffee. Yeah. It's it, you know I would say what you do is is pretty standard, but I'm pretty meat and potatoes yeah. where it's I'm coffee, cream, sugar. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So sticking with this dining and this, uh, the food and beverage side of things at Melissa McD 19 over on Instagram asked best restaurants for people traveling with a picky eater. Oh, I got, and I was I, I like this and I, yeah, oh yeah, cause <laughs> I forgot you might have some picky eaters. Um, I'm going to answer mine and I'm going to let you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say that I got one for each. I'm going to say that for me, the best across property is going to be uh, Sunshine Seasons. Sunshine Seasons. I can't say it either. In Epcot. Shuns? Yeah, right. Sunshine Seasons. Yeah. You try saying it at home right now, out loud. Yeah. Sunshine Seasons. Try it. You'll goof it up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You goofed it up. So Sunshine, people are driving down their car. And they're saying it wrong. And they're like, oh my God, I did say it wrong. Yeah. So Sunshine Seasons is probably my... My number one thing that is best for picky eaters just because there's such a variety. And then beyond that, I would say any buffet. 
Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's great. So, but that's, that's, so, so go, go ahead. Well, my direction was burgers and chicken fingers places. Okay. Because yeah. generally picky kids will eat a burger, fries, chicken fingers. That's right. Wouldn't you say most picky eaters are like, I only like to eat those so there's, three things. So there's two kinds of picky eaters. Sure. Like my son is a picky eater in the sense that like, if it's not the right kind of chicken finger, he doesn't want it. Sure. And, and like, that's, that's even tougher. Right. Like. But some he, kids or mac and cheese I'd put on that list too. I'd yeah. say those are the big four. Yeah. Fries, burgers, chicken fingers, mac and cheese are like yeah. the four. Yeah, I would agree. I would yeah. agree. So, and this this has nothing to do with with gluten ingredients. This is just like straight up what I think is going to work best for kids. Your your best chance for kids to eat the food, the most like normal, typical American style food, are these four places. Depending on what park you're at, and I'll say whether they're good or bad too. So, if you're at Magic Kingdom, Cosmic Rays is okay. All right, that's you know burger joint. That's over in Tomorrowland in Epcot. Connections Cafe, right near the entrance, is really good. Yeah. This is the best of the ones I'm telling you. Yeah. I don't know if I would have put that on the on the picky eater list. Oh, you can get anything there. Because it's unique at first. What I'm saying is yeah. I don't know if I would have put it there. No, but yours now is I'm good, re- too, because it's there's more options. No, no. I'm, at I think you're seasons. right. I just nailed it. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yes, you get, Yes, I said you were right. <laughs> uh, no, I nailed it. I said it correctly. That's why I said nailed it. Uh, Animal Kingdom. This place is not the greatest, but kids will eat it, and that's Restaurantosaurus. Oh, my God. It's another burger joint. It's not. It's definitely the worst on our list, but... Kids don't care. It's it's a hamburger. They'll eat a hamburger here. And this one is decent, and this is kind of one of our hidden gems at Hollywood Studios. And I know you agree with me, Backlot Express. I don't disagree, that's for sure. Yeah, it's decent food there. Yeah, I am I was shocked. Yeah. Because I, I, I had not heard good things, and I've heard it's actually gotten better in the last couple yeah. of years here. So there's um, there's my quick hitters there for um, picky eaters. Yeah, Um. So now we move to the point in the show where we have some questions that are a little bit funnier <laughs> than I think. So uh, so for those of you who have been following along, you know how we joke that I, w- I went on one and only one trip because I was only going once and <laughs> Rob said, nope, and he was right. Now we have the exact same story. So then uh, a friend of ours, Brian, a friend of, friend of Rob's, Brian, he's a yeah. friend of the show, so he's a friend of ours. I've known him since I, I was a kid. Yeah. He's also a patron. Uh, thanks, Brian. Um, but Brian also said, I'm only going once. We're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, and yep. he is now a patron to a Disney podcast. And what was Brian's question? Nick? His Brian's Brian's question was, how soon is too soon to go back? <laughs> and I don't know if this was submitted in jest to be like, yeah, you guys were right, or submitted it seriously. So I'm going to tackle it um, in both ways. Sure. Um in jest, it's never too soon to go back. <laughs> in all seriousness, I think that going um, in a different season is important. So you get multiple aspects of Epcot. I have not been able to yet to experience Epcot during one of the other festivals, the only festival I've seen. So I've seen it non-festival Epcot, and I've seen Food and Wine Festival Epcot. My next goal is to see it in Festival of the Arts or Flower and Garden. Preferably Festival of the Arts. Of the arts. Um, so to me, I think every six months, I think, is probably a good, like, I don't know that I would want to go back right away. And here's why. Planning purposes. Yeah. So unless you're really good at juggling stuff, you're planning so far in advance that I think that six months is 
going to put you so that you're not overly stressed. Or, I mean, if you have an annual pass too, right. it's, it's a totally different story. Yeah. So, so if, if I'm being honest, how, how soon is too soon? Anything before six months because of the amount of planning that goes into it, unless you're super organized, in which case I do think whenever you can get back, get back. I don't really even have much to add. I would say the exact same thing. Um, I, I mean, a lot of it too is how soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess the only thing I would say is do your kids get sick of things really quick? If you, you know, go back too quick, maybe like, we just did that. You know, it depends on your kids too. Mm-hmm. And then another one that I'm not sure if this was like a ha 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 or if this was like, seriously, how much is too much? Uh, at Jay Blasem asked, how many trips per year is too much? Yeah. I mean, I took that as a serious question. I too. think so too. Um, I mean, we are both teachers and <laughs> we both try to do jobs on the side to help fund our Disney trips. We don't, you know, we don't have tons of money in the bank. We, we do the best we can to try to go once a year. If we can go twice, great. There's one year we did go twice and it's because we, uh, we had a friend who offered up their timeshare, so it kind of gotcha. it gave us a, an opportunity to, to stay for free, and then we drove. So we flew in April, and then we drove down in August. So our cost obviously was you know gas and food and park tickets, but it it made it much cheaper for you know your your average person uh, who's you know teacher or whatever mm-hmm. um, that could afford it. So we you know we we tried we tried to make that happen. Yeah, so. Well, so how much do you think twice um, is? I think I think t- I would say for me personally, three would be too much because we'd be broke. So I would <laughs> go by too much by uh, the measure of our bank account. You know, um, I'd like to try to squeeze in a trip to Disney World by the end of the year. We're trying to see if we can make that work financially. We'd like to try to see if possible to be able to check off my bucket list of doing. All six U.S. parks in one year, we'll see. Okay, so my my um, cop out answer is that there's it, the number of times you go in a year is dependent upon you. And so that's a great answer, actually. So for me, yeah, how many trips per year is too much? I think for me, it would probably be more than three. So three, I could, I don't think I'd have an issue with. Four, I think, would start getting to be like tough and that goes back to the whole planning issue yeah that i would i would just constantly feel like my head was on a swivel trying to plan that if you're more local and you can get there a little bit easier not have to worry about the planning side of things like how am i going to fly and how all that those things i think that number could go up that's why i say it really depends on you it's weird i was thinking about this the other day before i even had this question like okay i'm retired and i'm staying in florida for three months in the winter right i'm like how often am Am I going to want to go? I could see myself going two or three days out of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even to just walk Mm -hmm. for exercise. Yeah. Imagine just going every week to Epcot and just walking. There's a a couple on YouTube, and they also have a podcast that I've recently been watching a lot because they do some really good dining reviews. And they, that's what they, they work from home. They're travel agents, and they- that's what they do for their exercise is they like, oh, today we're going to go and walk the Magic Kingdom or we're going to go to Epcot and walk around the World Showcase three times. Or they That's will cool. or they'll go, they'll drive to TTC and they will walk from the TTC 
all the way over to Magic Kingdom, turn around, and come back. So you, Because you can do yeah. that. You can walk from TTC through the Polynesian. Yeah, you through, can. Over to uh, Grand Floridian. Oh, we did over, it. Remember? And then turn around and come back. Well, <laughs> That's yeah. a story for another time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rob's done it. Yeah. Um, In the dark. Yes. Um, so then our next question <laughs> is now, we have to answer the question that Eric asked, which is, what's your favorite hidden Mickey? All right. Favorite hidden Mickey. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go for this one? I can go first. Mine's okay. kind of a big picture one. Sure. Um, it's huge. Yeah, well, might, mine is too. I wonder which one's bigger then because mine is the solar panels or are the solar panels over at, um, well, in Disney World that are shaped in a hidden Mickey, the solar panel uh, array. This is going to be interesting because so mine's probably going to be close in size to yours. That is cool. Yeah. So I just pull up a picture to show Rob. Okay. Um, if you haven't, take a second to Google it. It's a massive solar panel array in the shape of a hidden Mickey. Wow. Well, not hidden Mickey. It's, it's massive, so it's not hidden. Wow. Okay. This is cool because mine is very similar, and I'm curious. Well, now I'm curious which one is bigger. Well, this one's as big as beach and yacht put together. So, I mean, it's big. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yours is bigger. This is cool. So uh, if you look at an aerial view of Hollywood Studios with the Chinese theater at the bottom, I won't use north and south to uh, confuse people who are listening. So Chinese theater is at the bottom and the entrance is at the top. If you look at an aerial view, you actually have a hidden Mickey Mouse. It's really cool. Well, it's, that it's one's cool. Nick. Take a look. That one's cool because the eyes are there and the nose is there. Yeah. Like it's... Really cool. Yeah, Google that one. Google um, Hollywood Studios Hidden Mickey, maybe Aerial View. I don't know yeah. why I even typed in. Yeah. 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 That's a great one. So, Eric, thank you for your 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 question. It was quite inspired. He said he wasn't very, feeling very inspired, but I think that was that was quite inspired. Definitely. That was a great question. Yeah, yeah. This next one, we could, we've done a whole episode on this, mm-hmm. but this next question was the one that was submitted by uh, a local friend, and it was what... Uh, can you explain DVC points, DVC rental points for a newbie is what I believe they were referencing when they said, I've heard you can, I've heard you can like get points to stay there. Sure. Um, and I'll, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of context because this kind of came from me. I had a conversation with this, our friend Chris, and she um, is looking to take a trip this summer and wanted some ideas of different resorts. And I was talking to her on the phone, and one of the things I said was, if you would like to stay at one of these deluxe resorts, you can rent points, and it's much cheaper. Oh, so yeah. I suggested a couple different resorts, and she seemed interested in, I don't know if this is going to guide you either way, but she seemed interested in Old Key West and Saratoga Springs. Well, I'm glad you said that, because it's this summer, you said? Yes. Yeah, so the other the other ones would be probably the hardest to get into at this point uh, for this summer. So e- either way, if you... So I will try my best to explain this. There's, I'm a DVC owner, but you can rent out DVC points. So, so a lot of the rooms, if they're not booked by, uh, by other DVC members, um, Disney can either rent them, either put them on cash, basically cash basis. You don't want to do that because it's it's a lot of money. But they also not Disney, but there are also sites like DVC Rental Store. David's, um, I think the DVC store does, and I think DVC shop 
Dot-com does as well. Um, we're not sponsored or affiliated with any of them, so that's why I'm trying to list them all off so I don't make it sound like I'm playing favorites here. Um, but if you go and search DVC rentals, you will be able to find this. And DVC rentals are usually, now they're like anywhere from 18 to $22 a point. For Saratoga and Old Key West, I'm thinking you could probably get them in the in the $18 a point range, especially since you're within the seven-month mark at this point. And what a rental means is you're paying someone like me, an owner, to rent their points because maybe I can't go this year or I've chosen to go somewhere else and I want to use the money from my points that I rent out um, to go on that trip. So you'll pay for your DVC points much like you would anything else. So you'll get this third-party vendor. They will talk to the owners who've signed up to rent their points and say, hey, this person wants to stay in a one-bedroom at Old Key West or a one-bedroom over at Saratoga or a studio or two-bedroom, and this is how many points they need. Um, will you rent them to them? Yes, I will. And then whatever that cost is will be told to the um, to the person looking to rent. So let's say it's, you know, 250 points. You know, take and multiply that by, we'll go nice and easy for people, $20 a point, okay? So now, you, now you're looking at $5,000 if you're, you know, if you're looking at 250 points at $20 a point. Um, but if you then look at it for rack rate, if you looked at what it would cost through Disney, it's going to be anywhere from like $7,000 to $8,000. Yeah. Yep. 250 points is a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. That's a, that's a lot of points um, for, for, the, for a normal stay. You're probably not going to use that many points, but you could. And so you, you rent those out or you rent them from somebody and then you're staying at a lot cheaper. So that's now, kind of like a newbie. Like I, I'm. Well, I did it once, and I had a completely different experience <laughs> because I literally rented them from Nick. Yeah. So it was, hey, I, d- I don't know what we did if we wrote you a check or then you mowed you the money, but yeah. that's not the normal way to do it. So yes, I've rented points. Yeah, if you know but somebody not through a company, and I would highly, highly recommend if it's someone you don't know that you go through a, a company. Otherwise, it could be. Yeah, I mean, I kind of difficult. Yeah, I I did go through. You did. That's why I said that. Yeah. Looking back, I would, I'm shocked that I did, but um, <laughs> I I did go through an individual part, party that I didn't know, um, but I also had plenty of information that I could have tracked him down if I needed to. Um, so it's up to you know. There's lots of different ways to go. I do think the safest way is to go through a third party. Uh, you are playing paying a little bit of an upcharge. You know, like I didn't charge Rob twenty dollars a point to go to Poly. But he would have paid that through through David's, and he would have paid that through yeah. uh, DVC Rental Store. Yeah, because those companies have to make their money too. Right. So they they turn around and would pay me, you know, sixteen or seventeen dollars. So you just figure out, you know, okay, well, I'm willing to spend, I'm willing to to give them to David's. So if I'm willing to give them to David's, and if you just want to give me what David's would give me, then I'm saving you money, and I'm making the same amount of money. Yep. So you know that's kind of what we did. Um, but you can rent points from people and then you're just staying, they make the reservation for you. So you're, you, it's kind of odd, right? You're not the one. And then they give you the, they give you the reservation number and you tie it right in with your, my Disney experience. Yep. Um, but which is important too. Like if you ever um, work with like a travel agent, which we have before we worked with AAA and you'll get that confirmation number and you plug it into my Disney experience or onto the website. Once you have that number, it's going to show up just like it would any other reservation. So I got that number from Nick and it showed right up and it said, you're staying at the Polynesian 
and yeah. it was it was very easy. Yeah, the only other issue is like if you need something added on to that reservation once it's made, you need to go through um, that individual. So if you need to change something, if you're looking to change resorts or change dates, you would have to go through the person. So if you're going through a third party, you would contact them. They'd contact the owner. The owner would make the reservation. The reservation change because it shows up in our DVC dashboard. So, so. food uh, and like food reservations and park tickets is completely separate. Yeah, yeah. This I, don't, is I mean, for, I mean, like changes. To no, the and I know that. I, I'm just, I'm saying for the people that haven't done it, it's, it's not difficult to do. And again, that's one of the cool things about um, Nick and I doing this podcast together is we have knowledge of things that the other doesn't, and. You know, our combined powers <laughs> can be very helpful. Did we just summon Captain Planet? We did. By our, cop- yes. our, by our powers combined? I think we just powered up. Um, so for anybody who finds that DVC discussion interesting, we actually did an episode a while back about DVC. So, um, you know, you can go back into our back catalog, take a listen to that. Um, and if I still didn't answer your questions in that episode... You can reach out uh, on Instagram at DizListPod, or you can send us an email even because I'm probably going to get a little wordy about DVC. I can talk to you for days about it. It's interesting, um, though. And I mean, honestly, today it's kind of funny. We started off talking about math because you're rattling off numbers. It, I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. not, my, not my forte at all. So I'm glad I have you when it comes to the, the number stuff. You're always very helpful. Yeah, so. but like for a week at Poly, right? It's 150. It was 153 points for a week in a standard view. Um, so if you're looking to stay at the poly rack rate, you're probably going to pay 700 to sometimes $900 a night for 153 points for a standard view room, DVC, $20 a point. You're looking at just over $3,000. That is a steal yeah, to was, stay at the poly. Yeah, it was like, you're it was not a no brainer. So, so I'm, and that's at $20 a point. So, um, but this has been a great episode. I've, I've enjoyed answering yeah, your questions. Um, I know, you know, maybe we went, into the weeds at times and maybe the, maybe some of our answers sparked new questions. So send us those too. And we'll, we'll try our best. And again, um, we love interacting with fans and, and listeners. So at Dizzlist pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Facebook, you can find us there. YouTube. We have, we don't, we post our audio version of our show over there, but not, not a video version. Um, so you could interact with us anywhere that you find us on social media. Um, you can email us dizlistpodcast at gmail.com and our newest thing is the Patreon page. Um, so please check that out. Um, you know, new episodes are released early. And then if you're, if you're the, so there's two different levels. We have the Dumbo pilot, which is, um, uh, basically new releases are early. And then we have the jungle skipper, which means you get the early release, you get some shout outs and you also get. Um, access bon- to the exclusive access to bonus content yeah. so but it's a great big beautiful tomorrow tomorrow's just a list away tune in next time and we'll see you real soon